right, uh, this is uh, Karen Smith, and I met uh, she and her husband, Shane, who's here as well, um, a while back. And I think we were walking at Lions Park, my wife and I, we met them. They had just moved here to Temple. And so I'm going to let her just kind of share her story, then I ask her some questions as well. And you'll see how her story uh, kind of ties in with what this theme is today. Okay, so give Karen a clap. Um, before I start, would y'all uh, be in prayer with me? Father, we just come before you this morning, and our goal is to glorify you, Lord. And I pray that you would speak through me words that will glorify you and speak through me words that will um, touch the hearts of everyone in this room. Father, I pray that you would show us how we can have like-minded hearts like you and be for the things that you are for. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, As I was a young kid, both of my parents were alcoholics and not believers. Um, So you can imagine what that was like. They were not abusive in any way, but there was a lot of drinking and a lot of um, just my parents being drunk most of the time. Um, I have one older brother. He's four years older than me. When I was about five and he was about nine, we got invited to a vacation Bible school, um, a lot like the backyard Bible clubs that y'all do. Um, it just—it was a neighborhood kid in our neighborhood that invited us, and we started going and fell in love. Um, it was just kind of a, a retreat for us, a place where we felt safe, um, a place that we could go and get away from things that were going on in our home. Uh, so my brother and I started going to church after that. The church was right outside our neighborhood. It was right at the entrance, and it was close enough that we could ride our bikes. So at 5 and 9, my brother and I rode our bikes to church together um, every Sunday. And the joke in the church was they knew uh, my last name was Fletcher then. They knew if the Fletcher kids were there because our bikes were parked right outside. And um, it was... Just, I don't know how to describe it other than it was something that we both loved and it was just such a safe place to go as a kid. Um, we, are, we prayed a lot for our parents to come to know Christ. Um, at the time, we didn't see much change, uh, so it was just my brother and I going. When I was 10, my mom, um, through a series of tests, found out that she had cancer. She had breast cancer, and she had grown up in the church and kind of fallen away. So she knew about God and had given her life to God when she was young, but had just kind of fallen away. And I think the cancer was really a time that she questioned uh, the way that her life had gone and how she had fallen away. And so she started coming back to church with us. Um, as I'm a parent now, of we have three kids, I can't imagine... Um, what it would be like for my own kids to dress themselves and go to church on their own. Um, So I'm sure that that probably provoked her a lot to look at her own life. And while my kids are going to church by themselves, I'm not. So she started coming with us. um, And gradually we saw kind of her give her life back over to God and saw some change. And as she started coming back to church with us, um, it was gradual, but coming you know and she um stopped drinking started coming and so then 
the next prayer was for my dad, and he kind of always had an excuse. You know, that was his time to relax. It was football Sunday. I got to mow the yard. You know, always kind of an excuse. Um, his drinking started getting a lot heavier. He There was one day where he didn't come home from work. He had passed out in his car. He drunk and dr- was a drunk driver a lot. Um, I had no idea as a child there was anything wrong with that, uh, as I was in the car with him many times. Um, but there was one day he was on his way home from work, and he had stopped at a bar somewhere, passed out, and didn't come home. And, of course, this was uh, prehistoric. We had no cell phones or anything then. So we had no idea where he was. And um, I think it scared him to death. He woke up and realized for the first time that he had a problem uh, with alcohol, and I think he realized he needed help and couldn't do it by himself. So he started coming to church with us, and our church um, hosted the local AA meetings. So that's kind of what started him in the church. And I think for the first time he realized, hey, they're not all going to judge me, that it's a place that I can go as a sinner and that they're sinners too. And so a lot of those AA members came to our church. And um, so I think he kind of realized that it was more about love and forgiveness than judgment. So he started coming, and it was probably May of uh, 1992. I was 12 years old, and my dad gave his life over to Christ. And I kind of realized, hey, you know, I've I've been, I believe in God, and I believe in the things he's done, but why haven't I ever kind of proclaimed that? And so um, my dad, the church we were going to at the time, it's kind of their belief that you get saved and baptized all at the same time. So my dad did, and then I did about a month later, and then my older brother did about a month after that. So I was 12, my brother was 16, and for that one summer, our whole family was believers, and it was the thing that I prayed for my whole life, was that for my parents to be believers, and it was such a change from a family that we had a TV in every room that was always on, and probably, you know, not on great stuff, Um, but... for the first time, our family would turn the TV off and pray together before meals, and that was huge to me, and it was very uncomfortable. My parents probably, I think, didn't really know how to lead and didn't know what to do and what that looked like, um, but we all kind of learned together as a family. Um, it was a, a neat summer, just seeing my parents change and how they grew in God. That fall, um, I started back to school. I was in the seventh grade. And my dad had a heart attack on his way home from work. Um, He just had it in the car while he was driving, pulled over, and passed away instantly. There was no warning. We didn't know anything was wrong. Uh, He was 47, so he was pretty young. Um, It uh, rocked my world. Um, My youth minister came over to the house and helped us. sat with my brother and I while my mom went to the hospital to say that, yes, that was her husband. Um, It was a hard time. I remember being young enough and thinking, you know, that stuff like that happened to other people, but not me, Um, and being really angry. You know, my parents had just come to Christ and that it wasn't fair. I was just seeing my dad's life change, and why did he have to take him then? But yet also thankful that my dad had become a believer before he died. Um, 
it was pretty rough after that. My brother, uh, a couple years later, went on to college, and my mom started battling depression a lot. Um, I think I struggled with it some, but my escape was to be as busy as possible. So I dove into youth group. I was already pretty active in our youth group, but dove into youth group, just pretty much anything that could keep me out of the house, away from my mom. Um, I'm sure many of you know that feeling. <laughs> um, but she she started struggling more and more, um, and I I was struggling and yet growing in God at the same time, but was uh, didn't really show many of my friends, I guess, how much I was struggling. Kind of sh- struggled with that privately, I guess, a lot. Um, so then uh, several years went by. My mom, she started to kind of get better uh, the summer before I was a junior. I felt like for the first time we were friends, we actually liked being in the same room together, which was not the case before that. Um, we'd kind of you know, maybe go see a movie together, which was not something we would have done before. Um, she was not feeling well. She kind of had some headaches here and there. And but in my uh, 16-year-old opinion, she was a little bit of a hypochondriac, and I was always like, Mom, take some Tylenol. You'll be fine. Um, so my school started that fall, and I was a junior, and my brother was in college. So we went to go see him one weekend. And she was not feeling very well, a lot of headaches, and I was like, Mom, whatever, take some Tylenol, I'll drive, you'll be fine. So we went up and saw my brother, came back after that weekend, and that Thursday um, I was in school and in English class, I can still picture it, it was doors kind of like these with the windows in them, and I remember sitting in class and looking up and my preacher's face was in there, and I just had that gut feeling like, why is he here? I know it's for me. He came in and pulled me out of class and said that my mom had passed out at work and they didn't know why and they were running some tests but she was up at the hospital and they needed to go up there. So he took me up there. We talked to the doctors and they ran some tests and found out that she had a blood disorder. Uh, It was real rare. He said, we'll probably do some blood transfusions. She'll be fine. You know, it's, it's nothing huge but we just we need to run some more tests, but I think that's all it is. So that was Thursday. By Saturday, we found out that her cancer had returned. Um, now it was in her bone marrow and just pretty much all over her body and rapidly progressing. Um, they found out that the, the blood disorder that she had was causing the cancer to grow at an incredibly fast rate so that by Monday it was in every organ all over her body and she had about 24 hours to live. Um, I can't begin to describe you the despair that I felt at 16 of, God, you've, you've taken one parent. How, how in the world can you take both? It's not fair. Um, being really angry at him and frustrated. Um, And yet, I still held on to a trust in him because I knew if I let him go, I wouldn't have anything left in this world. If I let God go and I walked away from that faith that he had given me. So, Tuesday morning um, rolled around. Our church was great. They were up there with my brother and I all the time at the hospital. There was, at any given time, 50 people in the waiting room with us and bringing us food, things that we needed. Um, I... 
loved people being around, and yet at the same time I kind of had to get away sometimes and just not be near the crowd. I didn't. I was pretty shy. Still didn't really feel like I could cry in front of other people, even though my mom was dying in the hospital. Um, but there was a room in the hospital that was like a phone booth room, and so I kind of went in there to get away, and I started praying. I was just like, God, you're really wrestling with him, and I don't understand what you're doing, and I don't understand why, and it's not fair, and who's going to take care of me? I'm 16, um, being really frustrated, and I really felt like he said, um, Right now, this is my will, and you may not know why. You may not ever know why, but this is my will, and I want you to pray that like Jesus did in the garden. And I was like, "There's no way. I'm not. You want me to say, take my mom? I don't. I'm not going to say that. I'm sorry." And it just really wrestled with him in that room in prayer, and that it wasn't fair, and that it. I did not want to embrace that suffering um, and say that it was okay but I really felt like in that room he worked on my heart to come to a place where I could say okay God I trust you no matter what you ask me to walk through no matter what you ask me to do I will trust you so I got on my knees and I finally prayed it and I remember just through tears praying okay God not your will but uh, not my will but yours I'll do whatever you ask me to and after I prayed that prayer, I walked back into the waiting room, and it was probably within the hour that they came out and said that my mom had died. Um, I, As I look back now, I can truly say that at that moment, praying that in the hospital room, I feel like I had been walking with God before that, but that was probably the time when I started running with him. Uh, and running towards that goal and the for the first time really felt him next to me through all that um, and I think that that was because of suffering that it was something that opened my eyes that he was there with us it brought me to a closer relationship with him um, I was pretty shy before that um, had you know been a Christian for a while and a lot of the kids I went to school with knew that I was a Christian but I was also really shy not cool at all um, just didn't really say much for God in school honestly and I felt like he challenged me at the point um, it was a small town a lot of kids in the school knew what happened uh, totally awkward in between classes you know you walk down the hall and everyone's staring at you like whispering did you hear you know <laughs> you want to burst into tears and run to the bathroom but life goes on and it um, if I can say it it sucked <laughs> Uh, it was really not cool just having to uh, be strong enough to even just go to school every day. Um, but I really felt like God was calling me to more. I, uh, our school had Young Life, and I had gone a couple times as a freshman and sophomore. Really uh, didn't know it at the time, but was struggling with a lot of pride and arrogance. I saw the Young Life kids who were drunk all weekend long and then on Monday nights would come to club and act like they loved God. And I was, it really turned me off. And I was like, I don't want to be that kind of Christian and I don't want people to think that I'm that kind of Christian. So I wasn't, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do that at all. But after my mom died, a lot of the kids in Young Life wrote me and said, hey, we've been praying for you. We know what happened. We want you to know that we've been lifting you up. And 
honestly, my first title thought was, wow, you pray. Like, I didn't really even think that you did. Um, and God really worked on my heart and showed me, you know what, they have been Christians, some of them, for weeks, and that's it. And you have been a Christian almost your whole life, and what are you going to do with that? Are you going to just sit back and watch them and be your prideful self and judge them, or are you going to help them learn what it means to be like to walk with God? So I really felt like it challenged me in a lot of ways. Um, Again, I was really shy. Never, w- I didn't even like speaking up in class. But by my senior year, he had brought me to a place where I was helping lead Young Life, lead freshman Bible studies. Um, I was nominated president of FCA at our high school. And don't get me wrong, I was still really shy, absolutely terrified. But he put me in a place where weekly I was up in front of my peers sharing my walk with God months after my mom died and being able to share with them what it looked like to walk with him through suffering. And I think, um, as I look back now, I think it was such a blessing that, um, in a weird way, I I would not choose for my parents to die again, but it was a blessing in that that suffering brought me so much closer to him um, in a way that I don't think I ever would have had my parents still been alive. Um, and more, some, more than that, was able to help me have the strength to share that with others and what that looked like um, through the things that they suffered with in their lives. Um, now a little bit of detail. My mom's best friends went to church with us. They uh, kind of adopted me after that at 16, so I went to live with them, um, which was totally awkward. If you can imagine living, moving in with your parents' best friends who don't have any kids your age was really weird. Um, but I have grown to love them, and I can honestly say today I think I'm closer to them than I ever was my own parents, and I think that that is solely because of their relationship with God and mine, and that spiritual bond is tighter than even it was with my own parents. Um, they've been a great example to me of what it looks like to be a Christian parent, what it looks like to be in a Christian marriage that glorifies God, um, and has shown me that picture of God adopting us and what that looks like walked out day to day. So, anyway. I want to ask her a couple questions. Um, I know I know the students in this room, I know there's some of you all that have, have gone through uh, different kinds of suffering. Um, I know people that have gone through here at PGC that have I've lost parents uh, throughout my time here. Um, but there's also some of you that have lost even parents, maybe even through just divorce. And just there's a separation between you and your parents because of even divorce. And so I wanted to ask Karen, what, what would you say um, What would you say to those that have lost their parents through either death or something like divorce? Um, I think the biggest thing I would say is seek Jesus, that there is truly no greater place to be and that through it's through our suffering that he's calling you um i'm as i look back to my friends in high school i know there's probably so many of you in here that have either lost parents through divorce or maybe you even have parents but they've checked out and they're not active in your life it feels like they don't care who you are but there is a god out there that cares for you and he wants good things for you and that 
through that suffering of things like divorce and losing a parent that he is calling you to run with him and that he truly is the only thing in this world that can help you through that and can be there with you. Um, It's hard as a mom now to teach that to my own kids. Uh, My daughter is four, and I was trying to explain to her the other day why we're buying shoes for orphans and what an orphan is and that I was even one, and she got this scared look on her face like, what happens if you die, Mom? Where will I go? And, oh, it just, it killed me. But I had to tell her, you know, well, we have a family picked out that you'll go live with, and I can't promise you that I will always be here. That's not something, I don't know what God's plans are. I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow. That nothing in this world is secure except God, that he's the only one that can be there for you. So for those of you that are going through something like that now, I would just pray that you would ask God to show himself, reveal himself to you more. Um, You know, they talked about that God has a heart for orphans and I think that that falls across the board whether you're orphaned because like me you've lost both parents or because you've lost one or because your parents maybe just aren't there. I think that covers everyone and God still has a heart for you too through all that. So what would you say to those of us Um, I think to those of you that still have your parents, I would say seek out those that are going through a harder time. Maybe friends of yours that parents are going through a divorce or have lost a parent. Or some of you may have a parent that is sick right now and you don't know if they're going to come out of it or not. Um, But those of you that have a good home life right now, seek those friends out and walk with them in that Um, I think one of the things that frustrated me the most through all that in high school was being 16 and having friends that didn't know how to react and so they wouldn't say anything at all. And it was so lonely to walk through those halls of high school when your entire high school knows that you've just been orphaned and not a single soul will say anything to you about it because they don't know what to say. Um, a lot of times just a hug and a, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, you know, I want you to know that God loves you and I do too would have meant the world to me just for somebody to acknowledge what I was going through and that they were praying with me. Um, Like the Young Life Friends, that was huge to me to hear that I had peers that cared and that were praying through that. Um and for me, at least, I, for those of you that do have families and maybe you've grown up in the church, is to look at your own lives and say, do I have enough, do I have too much pride? Am I at a place where I'm helping people who spiritually may not be where I'm at today? Am I helping them? Am I reaching out to them? Am I being a leader for them? Um, or am I just kind of on my high horse being prideful about the relationship that I do have with God and not looking to those around me that might be suffering and how I can help them walk uh, closer with God. Let's thank her again for coming today. I'm going to pray uh, for her and for Shane and the family and just um, join with me in prayer. Just be praying for them as, as you're there at your tables. Then I'll close up with a, some final thoughts in a minute. Let's go ahead and pray. God, we thank you so much for uh, 
just this powerful story. We thank you for uh, Karen being willing to share it. We thank you for um, just how she's an example of someone who really clinged to you uh, whenever she was going through the things she was going through. God, we know that um, we can't always explain and say why things happen the way that they do. Uh, But we do know this. We do know that there is someone, and it's you, that we can run to in the midst of that kind of suffering. And God, we just praise you for uh, giving us the resources to get through those things. You don't always give us the reasons, but you give us the, the resources that we need to get through it. And God, whether it be the church, whether it be just falling on our face before you and, and the way that she did and just crying out to you in those moments, um, whether it be people that come alongside of us, you give us so many uh, things that can get us through those kinds of situations. And God, I just pray that, um, I praise you that she is someone who uh, made it through spiritually, that she didn't allow her own suffering to taint her view of you. God, I praise you for uh, just giving her kids, giving her um, the ability to be a parent herself. And I just thank you so much for um, just showing her uh, in a more profound way what it means that you are the ultimate father and that we can learn through her story just some profound spiritual truths. We thank you so much for your your grace to us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate it. What I want to do is just say a couple things uh, before we are dismissed. Um, actually, it's kind of funny how God works because uh, um, this morning I was in the junior high group and I was uh, watched everything play out. They had a, one of their leaders, um, uh, Julie Mahler, many of you know her, uh, Caroline's mother, um, share her story. And, uh, and I was sitting there thinking, and then they had worship at the end, and I was thinking, like, man, you know what? Um, I should just can my whole plan this morning and just... You know, focus on this one thing, and uh, and um, and that's what actually happened. I mean, I'm glad that, that she's able to share with you guys, and um, and because I yelled at you guys about the whole food drive thing, uh, I took up all the time doing that. And so um, we're going to put off our discussion that we're going to have this morning. We're going to put that off till next Sunday. Uh, but I do want to talk about just just briefly what she talked about. Uh, I, I, I've been the youth pastor here for about six years, or. Did junior high for two years and did high school for the last four years. And I think um, that one of the questions that I get very often from students is, why? You know, why did this happen to my life? Why did my dad do this or my dad not do this? Or why did my mom do this or not do this? Why did God allow suffering to happen in my life? That is one of the number one questions that people ask and one of the number one reasons why people reject God. That, that really is. And if you were to survey your school tomorrow... I guarantee you that that would be one of the main reasons why people choose not to believe. And so we've been talking about these, these questions, these issues that, um, that keep people from belief. And if you look at your own life, I guarantee you that it's, it's experiential things, like what Karen described, that very often get in the way of you really believing and following after Christ. It's certain things that happen to you. Or it's things that you struggle with. Those experiential things are the very thing that, that, that make you intellectually question God and question your faith. And say, is this really real? Like, how can, I, how can a good God let this happen to me? That's where all of us are. That's where all of us are.
As I think back just on certain situations that I've been a part of here at this church, um, I can think back to a, a young man who a few years ago lost his mother just suddenly. And I got a phone call. I go over to the house, and we're there with the family, and here's a kid who doesn't know what to say, and he's just shocked. His mother just passed away just in the night. And then um, I can think back to uh, a girl I knew when I was in college that um, her dad was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and uh, he had a few months to live, and he ended up passing away as well. And just these tragic examples of, of just suffering. And, and me sitting there going, okay, God, why? why? Why am I allowed to have two parents that love me and someone else, they end up losing their parents at the age of 16? How is this, how is this fair? And all I, can, all I can say to you is this, that wherever you find yourself right now, whatever situation that you're in, if you're asking that same question, all I can say to you about that is, I don't know why. I don't know why. But I, I can tell you this, that when you're in that moment, there's a chance for you to cling to God in a way that you would not otherwise. And just as Karen said in her story, that, that she has learned so much about God as a result of what she has gone through, that she would have never maybe learned if this had not happened. And when she shares her story with us, it's a chance for us to see an aspect of God that we would never see if this thing had not happened. Now, is it great? Is it good just by itself that this happened to her parents? No. But God has this crazy way of redeeming things. He's got this crazy way of taking something that is not good and evil and redeeming it, rescuing it, and turning it into something that actually somehow glorifies Him. He's got this weird way of doing that. And so wherever you find yourself right now, if you're questioning, if you're, if you're doubting, we've been talking about a lot of intellectual stuff the last couple of months, questions people have that keep them from faith, and suffering is one of the biggest ones. But if you're someone in here that right now that is, that is experiencing something that is tragic or you're afraid of something, you have certain fears, anxieties, whatever they may be, I want you to know that, that we are here. God has given you this body. God has given you this church to be a resource for you to walk through that. And let me tell you that I know this by experience that, that in a youth group setting, it's often one of the most fake, not real places you can possibly be because people kind of put on the facade and they don't really share their grief and their suffering. They say things like, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't want people to act weird towards me. And it's true, right? You have that fear. But I want you to know this needs to be a place where you can share those things openly. And I can't guarantee that every student in this room is going to react the right way. I can't guarantee that. But I can tell you this, that we're going to, we're going to be compassionate with you. We're going, to, we're going to cry with you. We're going to share that burden with you, whatever those burdens are. That's what we're here for. If you can't share it here, then where, where can you possibly be open and transparent? And so that is what I want you guys to be left with today, that, that this is a place that needs to be 
open, transparent, a place that you can share those kinds of things. A place that you don't have that kind of fear. Um, this is partly why on Wednesdays we, uh, we always have at least a leader or a student share their, their faith story, how they came to faith in Christ. And uh, we'll be doing that again this coming Wednesday. But the reason for that is to just put the vision in front of you that this is the kind of place that this is what this place needs to be about. A place where we can share in the suffering together and walk through it together. My, my hope is that no one in this room rejects your faith because of suffering, because of those kinds of questions. But it would allow you to grow deeper into your faith in the way that um, Karen allowed Christ to grow her deeper in her faith. So I'm going to pray for you one more time, and we're going to um, uh, be dismissed. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Let me reverse that. Um, I want you guys to pray at your tables and just be praying for just the many needs that we're trying to give to you right now, the many needs that are overseas but also here in our local area, and be praying for the orphans of the world that we're lifting up today. And let's just go ahead and close in prayer at your tables. And if a couple of you want to pray and then someone else close at the table, um, that's fine. Um, How do you want to do it at your table is fine, but just go ahead and close in prayer at your tables praying for what we've talked about today. Let's go ahead and pray.